0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: This is episode 689 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and the Murdoch Method. On tonight's show, the head of the Horse Radio Network will join us with some exciting news. We have a Dressage at Devon Report from listener Ruth McCormick, After that, Wendy from the Murdoch Method gives us an update, and then Reese and I will bring you a great trainer tip.
2: This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
2: Well, hi, Phil. How are you this week?
1: I'm doing good. We haven't quite turned cold yet. It's still kind of fall weather. And, uh, you know, I've uh, taken a few students over to the show, schooled them today, looking good. So uh, we'll get a report, I guess, next show about how, you know, how it all went.
2: So is this your kind of last show of the year? Is this like is this the yeah. combination? This, this, yeah, this
1: one. Like I'm I'm not. Uh, I didn't take any horses to compete on myself and to ride because I am a wimp and I do not ride in <laughs> uh, in you know at shows in cold weather and uh, and that no and judgment that kind of thing. Yeah, you, I mean you
2: know you know I'm a snowbird. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna talk about it like it's it was really warm today. It's gonna be really cold tomorrow. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've sort of shown a little bit, uh, all of the horses got their introduction to priest Saint George this year. Um, I don't feel like I have anything else to achieve or, or, you know, yep. things to work. On. I I need to wor- work on, work on everything and, and get it better and, 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 uh, you know, do the exercises, do the homework, uh, before I'm going to go out again, in, you know, next year. Um, yeah,
2: you know, I love that. I think that's actually, Important to, um, I kind of had to make that choice this week. Um, we have a local show here next week, and the horse park, it's at the horse park. It's going to be super busy because the retired racehorse project is going to be going on and the dressage show. And to be perfectly honest, it was actually quite expensive. And I thought, well, you know, I'd like to take Mike, just get in the ring one more time before nationals. But oh, it was expensive. It was quite expensive. And I thought, hmm you know, what's, what's the bonus, right? Like I, I, he was actually quite well behaved at, at the regionals. I wasn't a, it wasn't a horse show thing. It was, Hey, we just need to practice the test. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to be disciplined about practicing at home. Um, but I think that's really important. You know, if you've hit your goals um, it's always nice to go to the show and obviously see your friends and, and do all that. But sometimes it's okay to not show. Just like you said, you hit your goals, you did what you were supposed to, uh, and then, holding tight and training, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's smart it's
1: training, yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of you know what you have to enjoy the most because you do it most of the time you know <laughs> yeah. once in a while, right? and yeah, and, uh, yeah, so like I just need to stay home and train to kind of you know we're we're okay at priest and George, you know, but I, i'd I'd like to work on some of the I want stuff and get the horses yeah. stronger. I, I know I know what we have to do I, it's not yeah. that I have to go to more shows to figure that out or I need to train
2: smart I yeah train. I think it's smart and save your money right like in some level it's okay to say you know I'm I same I mean there was no real advantage to me going to to the horse show next week other than it, of course, getting in the ring would be great before nationals, but yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, nationals would be Mike's last time showing at I one, and then I'm moving for the I two. So I just decided to save my money, and I'm doing some virtual lessons with my coach, and um, just thought, yeah. And I'm with you. I, It could rain. It could be really gross. It could be nice. It's it's a little bit of a wild card. Um, and at nationals, he goes inside. So um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I did the same kind of thought. So I think it's okay to do that. So good luck to your students that were brave enough to go out to the horse show. Uh, but well, yeah, I mean they've, they've got
1: their they've got their goals that they're working on too, and I think that mm-hmm. this this show will you know serve to kind of see where they're at and and what and and where we want to train over the winter. So good you know good for them and and they're gonna they're gonna go out there and they're gonna do their best and perhaps it's gonna sleet or snow or whatever, <laughs> but uh, we'll take it as it comes, right?
2: You'll have your heated jacket on. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I, might. I'm with you. Yeah, I might dig that up <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you may need it. Um, but I do have to wish you happy Thanksgiving. Your Thanksgiving is this Sunday, right? Canadian
1: Thanksgiving. That's right. This this weekend, it's a long weekend. We get Monday off. Um, you know, in the horse business, we don't, you know, we don't yeah. just really <laughs> take days off or anything. But uh, yeah, Thanksgiving's a nice time here. The, you know, uh, the the f- The fall is kind of coming, and and we're just waiting for winter. So, yeah, it's <laughs> lovely. Like it's you know, our our Thanksgiving's just like American Thanksgiving. It just has to happen earlier because if we wait until November, we'll be you know <laughs> a couple of feet under snow, and that's, that's... yeah, it won't
2: work. Ah, uh, well, we ha- I, um Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I just love it, and and so I, at some point, I want to come up. and I want to get double Thanksgiving. I want to come to Keeney, Thanksgiving, <laughs> do the, the Thanksgiving come... tour. Yeah. I think that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, set my, set our places Charles and I for next year. That would be super fun. So, um, we hope you have a great time for sure. That's amazing. Well, tonight we have a great visitor. He doesn't come very often, but he has great news tonight. Glenn Hebert, how are you? Our boss still, I think.
0: Yes, I still am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> be good, Phil.
0: How oh, are you, Glenn?
2: Right. We have big Good. news, big exciting news, don't we?
0: Yes, we do. Uh, as of last Friday, the Horse Radio Network was acquired by Equine Network. Um, you probably a lot of people said, "I don't know who Equine Network is." You would know them by Equus, Practical Horseman, The Horse. The, you know the health the health website the horse um, and a bunch of other they own a bunch of other properties including a lot of on the western side so uh, yes they 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 bought us last week I'll be staying on as director of podcasting for the whole corporation, and we'll be taking all of their shows, which are mostly on the Western side, and bring them over to Horse Radio Network. So Horse Radio Network is not going away. It's going to be here. Uh, you guys will still be here. Um, I'll still be here. I'll still be doing horses in the morning. For the listener, there's not going to be much change, yeah. but for For Jennifer and I specifically, there's going to be a lot of change in that we're going to have a lot of people helping us where we were doing it all before. So there's a team for everything. And although those teams will be helping us, which is, is a dream come true, like there's a website team and there's a sales team. I won't have to sell ads anymore. So I'll just be in charge of content. I'll be able to work with the hosts more and, you know, just deal with content on the shows rather than having to deal with everything.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. And, and, and a big, uh, you know, s- support, but also, you know, a big kind of family to help sell ads or, you know, get exposure or, you know, like all of those things that that, that sounds like a very advantageous. Thing for for our shows and and uh, and just to get us mo- more international
0: yes and and you know if we combine their audiences and ours it you know it's we will have over 30 shows on the horse radio network when when we get them all combined and we're looking at they want to add new ones they're a very progressive company we had uh, Tom who's the CEO on horses in the morning and they bought a lot of properties if you go to equine network and just look at all the different you know, things that they own, uh, everything that they've owned, they've made better and they've grown it. And that's they don't buy companies that are on the way down. They buy companies that are on the way up. Yeah. So, you know, with us, it's just with all of those people helping, you know, it. it Jennifer says it's like a uh, horse radio network is graduating from high school and going to college <laughs> and I'm going to get my doctorate. So, <laughs>
2: yeah, um, it's what are we doing? I just want to know, uh, like, are we I, going to grad school?
0: I hope you're talking dressage because, uh, because <laughs> I'm not doing that. So uh. <laughs>
2: yeah, we're going to keep talking dressage. So really, you know, nothing's changing. It's just really, um, like you said, it's, it's going to be great for all of us and really great for you and Jennifer. You've been, uh, doing all the things and, uh, we want you to, to enjoy life a little. Well, we're you know, really I turned, excited.
0: what really hit me is I turned 60 this year and it, I said to myself, I can't keep working 100 hours a week like I've been for the last 14 years. I I just can't keep doing it. So uh, this will allow us to work normal hours and uh, and and yet have Horse Radio Network grow faster and better than we could have done it ourselves. So, you know, because they have a lot more resources than we do. Does that mean you're going to be road tripping more? Yeah, actually. More. Actually, they do like the they like everything we do. They like the Patreon community, like the auditors, uh, they like the road shows, they like the events we do. So they like everything that we do. They just want to help support us to make it better. And so yeah, again, none of that's going away. It's all gonna be still there. And I know the auditors were concerned, a lot of them listen to your show. Uh that's our super fan group, and nothing is changing there. I had that conversation with them today. Nothing's changing. So uh you guys are still gonna be one big happy family and they're <laughs> they're not taking that away from you. So
2: Yeah. Yeah. So really, really for right now, nothing's changing um, on on our end. And so we're really looking forward to that. And we're going to keep bringing great shows and um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see what happens, isn't it?
0: There'll actually be two dressage shows on the network now, uh, because Dressage Today does one. And they own Dressage Today, which who we used to work with.
2: Yes, we did. We had a partnership for a long time. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's right. Well, it's ironic. We're back with Dressage Today. And (laughs) they do a once a month show. So, you know, they'll both be there. And, and you know, people can listen to both. So there, that by the way, was the only crossover we had. The rest of their shows are pretty Western oriented, uh, which we've never been good at. And it has been the biggest complaint over the years is why don't you have more Western shows? Well, that's partly because I didn't. I don't know many people on the Western side. Well, that's going to change. <laughs>
2: right. Right.
0: You know that that's what they do.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Glenn, we are so excited. Um, if we had it, do we have a champagne cork?
0: We have- I uh. I, I think I drank more <laughs> over the weekend than I have in a year. So um, <laughs> well, when we
2: get together, we're, we're, yes, we're going to yeah. pop, pop some champagne. I'll really
0: come great. down to Wellington or, or, you know, hopefully, hopefully Phillips allowed out of the country this year. He can come down to Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, the plan. <laughs> yeah. You can bring um, your
2: trailer and park it by my trailer.
0: Yes, we can. That's right. <laughs> Can hang uh, out you know, together.
1: Then, well, we just need one more trailer and then we have a whole trailer park.
2: We have a community! <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Well, that you know. sounds better <laughs> than trailer
0: park, I think. Well, you yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're a tra- trailer we're, community. We're yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> a trailer community. I love it. Oh, well, Glenn and Jennifer, Jen's not on, but we want to th- just congratulate you guys. Congratulations. And, and we're yeah. really pleased to continue to be part well, of the
0: family. I, I want to thank you and also Paul, who's on here from Flintstone Media. Flintstone Media has been a, a big part of of the last five, six years with us, really, you mm-hmm. know, keeping the shows produced and edited and, and posted and, and you guys for doing this for three months. You know, I can't believe yeah. it's been almost four months now that you've been hosting. It's been now. almost
2: four months, yes. aka 10 years. <laughs> uh, and, and Paul has to put up with this every Thursday night. God bless him. He is learning something about dressage. Every mm.
0: once in a while. right, <laughs> hey, Paul, nobody ever hears Paul. So let's bring Paul on for a rare visit because I have a question for him. Paul, are you there? <laughs> I'm here. Hi Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Hi. Well, you know, dressage is very popular in England, too. It uh, is. You know, yeah, they have some of the top in the world. Have you learned more about dressage than you ever wanted to? <laughs> I've learned so much about dressage, <laughs> that it's unbelievable. In fact, so much that I can't remember anything. Uh, it's it's, it's so, so much information. <laughs> you learn, about, you learn too much,
1: and then, <laughs> and then it just yeah, causes a
0: circuit. Or, so it you know, all. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people trying to learn the dressage test. It, it works that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. No, it, it's yeah. true. I, I, I actually live quite near Hickstead. Um, which oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, and so every time I drive past it, I think – Hey, there's horses over there. And
2: uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's pretty much as as far as my knowledge goes, except for the fact that I now know the names of
0: lots of riders and uh, I've had a chance to meet a lot of lovely people. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. You know, it's interesting because when we first started hiring producers, I said they all have to know about horses or it won't work. Well, Paul and George and the gang over at Flintstone Media proved us wrong. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, poor Paul. Nice
1: people. Yeah,
0: nice people. Yeah.
2: But I was grumpy. I can't believe Paul made it past his first day because the first day Phil missed a flight, which has never only happened once in 10 years, which was the day we got a new producer, Paul. And I was not, I was not a happy Reese. And that doesn't happen very often. I was really grumpy. And Paul's just like, it's fine. We'll make it happen. And then from then on, he's been awesome. <laughs> so he made it past grumpy Reese, which was the first day he met me. And then it was much better because I don't change very well.
0: So. I've known you longer than anybody on this call, and I haven't seen yeah. grumpy Reese too often. Oh,
2: it's not pretty. It's not pretty. I bet. But it's not pretty. It doesn't happen very often. But that particular day, I think I was really tired. I had no fill and I had a new producer. And I was like, ah! And Paul was like, it's going to be fine. I was like, fine. All right, fine. <laughs> it's been fine ever since. It's been better than fine, Paul. We love you.
0: Oh, you're very you're very kind. And Reese, I have no recollection of that day. You know, you've always been wonderful. I was kind of a... I, I was kind that? of a B. Was was I was kind enough? of a B. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: that was pretty good, bee. Paul. Yeah, yeah it was good
2: really I was definitely a B that day. It was not a happy Reese. So I was poor, I was being to poor Paul. <laughs> and he stuck around. So we love him. Now he knows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do I kind. don't remember him threatening to quit after the first day. I, I didn't good. get a call. So
2: <laughs> that was solid. <laughs> he handled he handled He handled me. Then
0: we knew it was fine. I was in shock, Glenn. That was a problem. I was in shock. <laughs> <Yeah. True. laughs> it's like, I hope that, that guy comes back. <laughs>
2: God, who's that guy? He needs to get back there. She's mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love it. Well, well congratulations okay.
0: on making it and being part of the network and, and helping us get to this point. And we'll just keep doing what we're doing.
2: You got it, sir. Well, congratulations. And um, website's the same. Nothing's changing, right?
0: Nah, no, not not so far. Except it might look prettier when the real web people are done.
2: I love it. I love it. Well, Glenn, cheers. Congratulations. And we're excited to see how the network, uh, for our fourth month, we're excited to see how the network (laughs) grows.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thanks for hanging around. Well, we
2: have a great show tonight. The rest of the show is going to be fantastic right after this commercial break.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
3: Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
2: Well, tonight we're so happy to have longtime listener and friend of the show, Ruth McCormick. She's going to give us a report at Dressage at Devon and about the Sabine Shout Carrie Masterclass. Ruth, welcome. Thank you so much, Reese. I'm very happy to be here. We'd love it when you come and join us. And and you were the <laughs> one, actually, you reached out. We'd love it when, when our listeners reach out. And Ruth has been with us a long time and, and always comes to visit us. We love it. And, uh... You were telling us, you're saying, hey, I'm going to Devon. You know, I'd like to report on the on the master class. And Phil and I are like, yes, please, yes. So we're going to let you take <laughs> it away. We're excited. Great.
4: Well, you know, I've been going to Devon for a long time. I mean, I spent many years not uh, where I wouldn't have gotten out of training level if I was showing, but I've, I've gone to Devon for maybe almost 30 years. And um, they added a master class this year. And it was two and a half hours long. And our highest scoring Olympic rider in 2021, Sabine Shoot, shoot Curry, now I can't say it. Okay. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> was the clinician. And I don't know how many people have been to Devon. Um, it's outside Philadelphia, and uh, the weather's sometimes really good, and it's sometimes really awful because it's right, you know, at the end of September, beginning of October when the season changes. So we had h- half and half. And Sabine and the riders were really lucky because they were in the first half when the weather was, you know, like in the 60s and clear and sunny all day. Then the clinic was um, 530 to 8, so it was starting to get dark during the clinic. And if you haven't been there, there are tall stands on each side. One of them is of boxes, but the boxes are probably, they're two major, it's almost like a building on top of the other building. And then there are big Grandstand on the other side there's big offices and where they do the presentations you know in front of the building there, and all so it is a high stress environment for a lot of horses, and they're all in there by themselves, you know each one's in there by himself. Um, the lights are coming on, so um, that will set up the stage that tension is part of what they were dealing with. Um, there were six riders Reese. And Phil, I think they've all been on the show at some point or another.
2: Yeah, we most you of know? them have. Great, great like, group. So list them for us. Yeah. They, I think you're right. They've all been on.
4: Yeah. So Felicitas von Neumann-Cosell, who's been on just recently a couple times. Jim Coford, who um, he has a mare now, um, but it's not at, um, what's it, Adia who won the national championships a couple times. Olivia LaGoy-Weltz, who's been on our top teams. Alice Tarjan, who uh, was at the championships this year, and Silva Martin. Although I have to say, I never saw Boyd there. Maybe he was, but obviously Boyd Martin's a famous eventer too. But she's pretty local to the show and a very accomplished dressage rider too. And last but not least, Jamie Irwin from Canada. So, Phil, you were represented.
1: <laughs> That's great um, uh, and, yeah. and good representation wow, I too. I think if they're going to get. Yeah, I was
2: going to say, well, wow, I bet
1: <laughs> some canned con content uh that that was a good one to have.
4: Yep, and four of the six horses were mares. that was kind of interesting, and they ranged from, I think four years old to like twelve, ten or twelve. Um, so you know, they were really horses that are are pretty top performers at their levels. And I would say they're eye candy. you know, they're they were very, you know, well, they were well turned out, obviously, but very nice horses. And um, what was really interesting about it, I thought, was it was a class for anyone who wants to improve his or her horse, even if you have a school horse that you're riding, because I'm going to talk about what we what I saw, and it was really neat because, it was very clear that Sabine has a system of training and that she went through it with each of the riders in turn. And some of them, you know, had different, different issues depending on the level of training and all. But it was also because of the tension in the environment, there was quite a bit of, um, you know, having to get past the tension. So, um, But it's a class, I really felt like I learned a lot watching it, and um, it also made me feel good about my training, because sometimes I feel like, um, you know, just really getting the horse through and through the warm-up, both the meanings of the word through, is the challenge, you know, getting them to really reach through their back, and also that came out in the clinic. So, I have seven principles that I I really looked at my notes and said, what do I think is important to talk about? So... The first one that she, that Sabine was very clear about is a horse can't perform at its best when it's tense. So you have to address that first. And in some cases, it took a good part of the know, 40 minutes that each horse had, whatever the math worked out to. Um, and sometimes they got through it faster. But, you know, imagine as it was getting dark, the lights are coming on. They're the only horse in sight, et cetera. Then the second one is the tools that she used. literally. Posting trot, leg yield, not fancy stuff, just from the um, like from the quarter line to the outside, and not steep, not you know they're not in the in the uh, master class to do their Grand Prix moves if they were because a couple of them were doing you know were doing Grand Prix, but just to loosen them up and get them moving through their body. Then the third thing I would I would say is that she really emphasized making the horse correct making the movement correct. Don't worry about getting fancy. And in fact, she said something that I hate it when my trainer says. She'd say that's not canter. And I'd be like, well, I'm not walking and I'm not trotting, so it must be canter. But what she <laughs> meant was <laughs> it's my least favorite comment, but anyway, that you, you know you really need to get the horse moving through its body and moving forward, which is really my fourth one which you need to get them connected. And depending on the level of training, take the weight behind. And she was very clear when she talked about connecting. In many situations, that doesn't mean taking more weight in the rain. So, um, and she talked a, a fair amount. Every once in a while, she'd mention your ring finger. So clearly, she's not talking about big, you know, holding the reins, but like having a um, a fluid, a bit of a little bit of a fl- movement and fluidity in your contact. So, um so anyway, I heard her say that's not candor and I'm like, oh, I've heard that before. Um, <laughs> So anyway, and then the the fifth thing that I have a principle is then she'd talk about making both sides even. So she'd be talking about a horse that in show, and a lot of the time it was in shoulder in, it might not even have been in half pass. um, But like in shoulder in, making sure that what you get to the left is what you get to the right. And if you're getting one better, that you're, you know, working at bringing the other side to the same level. So there were, that would come up With many of the horses, is getting the left and the right, you know, or inside and outside equivalent in both directions. Until they're moving through their body and going forward, um, that's all you should be working on. She really was very clear about not wanting horses to ride in tension and to do movements in tension. So if they're still. Very tense. Then you're on the leg yielding and the other loosening up kind of program. Um, but she says it doesn't help the horse to practice those things in tension. And then it makes um,
2: sense, right? That that yeah, it does, does make sense, sense. You know,
4: yeah. I mean, it's yes. kind of the same with us when we're mm-hmm. doing things or at the gym or whatever. If if you're in tension, you're probably more likely to hurt yourself, and it doesn't right. look so good. It's not so fluid. Um, love it. And then the other thing that I would say is in every case. At the end of however far they got in the ride, because, you know, obviously, the, well, there was a four-year-old. So the training for a four-year-old is very different than for a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old um, in, you know, in for professionals with their horses. And so um, every single horse she had end on a long rein, you know, often at the trot, you know, being connected and the nose forward. And she may, it was really clear on that the the nose should not be curled back toward the body of the horse. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was very, it was funny after I took my notes and then I looked across all the horses, her system was very, very clear. And it was really cool to see how much the horses improved with with it. And, you know, if as attention disappeared, then they might start like shoulder shoulder in and haunches in. They may have done some changes and some half passes and all. But it was all about improving the basics of the horse and how that then carries through to their overall performance. So it was a really cool clinic.
2: And I love that you said her system was so clear. I think that that's really important. I think that's a really important statement. You know, she was so clear. And these were the seven things. And I think that that is really important when you're watching that. It's like, okay, I can take seven principles and apply them. So I love it. I think well, that it's amazing. Keep
4: in mind if if you told her that there were seven principles, she might say, What are you talking about? because I actually <laughs> took my notes and made seven principles out of them, yeah, but sure. but I felt like they were real I felt like, wow, you could really see her system, and i you know I guess I maybe haven't gone to a um a clinic or masterclass in a in a while, um, and knew I was reporting on it, so I really had to think. But you know, as I was seeing it, you mm-hmm. really could see her system, so it was very cool. And and the few people I was with, we wanted to actually uh, consider moving to to California to ride with her. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we, actually, I ride in a great place, so I don't need to do that if you're listening right. from my sure. barn. But in general, we really <laughs> liked, liked her system, and she was very, very tactful about her corrections and how she dealt with the riders. I think that, um, you know, it was really exemplary because it's kind of high, high risk for famous riders to go in a clinic and have a, a huge audience, um, you know, and, and, and get and also corrected just ride like anybody else.
1: Who... They don't have experience. You know, like everybody's got a little bit of a different system. I mean, uh, we we all try to stick to what what I would call the German classical system, which it mm-hmm. sounds like you know, like th- those principles are are paramount. But you don't want to go to a to uh, uh, an experience, expose yourself, and then feel like you were criticized and that you know everything that you Correct. did wrong. So yeah. it, it takes a brave person. Uh, you know, to to go to Devon and ride in the oval oh, yeah. and and in that giant, um, you know, atmosphere. It's not
2: easy. Yeah, that's yeah, not right. That,
1: that, that, so you have to yes. appre- appreciate the the riders for that and, and absolutely, you know, yeah, uh, opening themselves to criticize criticism. It sounds like she she did a, a really good job of you know not stressing horses and riders and just achieving whatever. Uh, you know, a, as a coach, I always think like, oh, I gotta go in and, you know, you have a little bit your ideas that you want to that you want to implement, mm-hmm. but try to stay away from achieving. Oh, you know, I gotta fix this, 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 and this. And usually, I mean, you can only do what you can do depending on the horse and the environment and and, and, right. and whatever. So, yeah, I think that that sounds like it was a really positive experience for all the horses and riders and actually to get some schooling in in that oval for uh, a lot of riders who are perhaps, you know, getting exposure to that, um, you know, before performing in a competition or, or, or something like that.
4: Absolutely. Cause how many places are there, especially for young horses where they have classes at night under lights and, you know, all that kind of, you know, different tension and all that from, I, I don't know how many people were there, but, you know, there were like hundred, hundreds of people there watching. It's also a really good, you know, I guess that's the same when you go out any day on a horse. You think you have a plan, but you have to ride the horse that's with you that day, you know, okay. and it might not be the no, quite true. the same horse every day.
3: It's true.
1: Yeah, but again, <laughs> it probably you know, isn't. So, sorry, I was just going to say that, like, how she just stuck to the principle of, of connection and swing, you know, like all these things that you were talking about. Um, even even if you're in a master class, you can't move forward with teaching the horse what I would call tricks until you have, uh, you know, kind of solid connection and, and whatever, right. because it doesn't matter what tricks you can do. They're all kind of wrong. And you'll have to go back and teach them once you once you have the principles, bad, like, you know, you're always working backwards from the tricks or, or working backwards from, you know, thing, things that the horse doesn't have in their training, you're, you're looking for holes all the time. So, so right. you, you find so you a hole and then you so work yeah. back. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yep. And it's an it was, it's another good lesson, I think, on why it's so valuable to have eyes on the ground. And sometimes yes. it doesn't even have to be a person that knows dressage that well, but they can look for the relaxation and the you know, they can look for parts of it that, and it doesn't mean matter if they can do it. It's just, they, they can see it if you have somebody who has a good eye. And, um, I think it's why we all take lessons, you know, like it, people, people will say to you from outside riding, Oh, are you still taking lessons? I <laughs> have no idea. They have no right. idea how much help people need to advance and to really be aware of what, you know, how they can improve their riding and their horse.
2: I tell them it's job security. I want people to take <laughs> lessons.
4: <laughs> exactly, it is job, job secure. Security. I'm glad you both have job security. Yeah.
2: yeah, we have job security. We're good to go. <laughs> no, but it's yep. true. My my coach Scott Scott has job security. Don't you worry. I can't. <laughs> we all we all have it. And I think it's yeah. great. And, but also, why I think it's great that you can see and, and do the master classes. They always have one in Wellington, and Sabine did one in Wellington, and it was fantastic. A same kind of thing, and it's nice just to sit there and have your notepad and just pay attention and and not have to um i feel for the riders i have done a lot of those especially when i was younger um Mm i'm not as brave as i used to be (laughs) but uh, i used to do a lot of them when i was younger and um but it's really difficult as a rider i mean it's hard you're going in there you don't know the instructor probably um and you're in a big environment but it is it's such great um experience and and to ride with someone yeah i
1: mean you don't have to get yeah you don't have to get like the 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 answer to any of your problems but you have to build on like all the little things that you know a, a coach a, a new coach will be saying to you and even if you just gleam something from it it's going to help you along this this long road of 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 learning to ride dressage well you know so yes, yes. i mean over the winter like uh, in canada people try to host all of these things and I, and i think whether you uh, are you know they need riders, right? And typically they're they're somewhat expensive. And yeah, you're going to put yourself out there. But I mean, it's so appreciated from from anybody who wants to um, learn or you know come out and audit that there are riders that are going to support these uh, these you know clinics and, and things. To which, I mean, even if there's two people in, in the audience, I mean that there has to be support for the, these events that people are putting on. You know, and uh, yes you know so people need to ride in them people need to go to them people need to audit them and and you know that, that i think it's a a fun experience and as long as you're not sitting there being like super critical and just uh, uh, i mean you, you go to learn and and, and appreciate right. the the riders that put themselves out there to help to help you learn
4: absolutely yeah it was it was really interesting and i'm sure that that was um you know and some of them had been showing but i'm sure that the um masterclass was just as much pressure in some ways as showing and a lot longer because your test is what only like yeah. six minutes long. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Ruth, I have one more question for you. How was the shopping this year? Cause shopping. Oh, you know, I was just thinking of that.
4: It was, <laughs> it was pretty good. I think that, um, well, I, my favorite, um, riding clothing, uh, shirt, shirt vendor was there. So I was happy. Um, but, and there certainly was high end jewelry. A friend of mine bought, a curb ch- chain bracelet, which was lovely, but I wasn't going to spend the money, but it was <laughs> lovely, lovely. So there was a lot of lovely stuff to look at, and there were certainly some nice things to buy. And if there were some bargains to be had, but maybe not as as many as, you know, 10 or so years ago. But it was, sure. um, the shopping was pretty well attended, and I think everybody had a good time with that. And with some, there was some wine and wine and cheese. I guess it was Prosecco and pie after uh, Sabine's <laughs> event. I didn't happen to go. And there were, you know, places where you could get a little, you could get out of the rain during the two days or two and a half days when it rained. But it was, uh, there was there was enough to do. And it's a nice area. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And if you were really bored, the King of Prussia Mall is like 10 minutes away. But I don't, you know, I think for the most part, the pe- a lot of people, if you go to the show for a bunch of days, you're either showing or you're supporting um, sure. A group. I mean, they were supposed to have a whole day for kids. You know, they they've started um, dressage explorers, trying to get kids interested in dressage, and it, the whole day got rained out. It was start trying. It was supposed to start with the blessing of the animals, and then I think they have stick pony rides and different things. Um, but that day was really miserable. So oh. That, oh goodness. That's,
2: that's, a, well, shame. that's, that's a shame. That's a Total shame, but. Ruth thank you so much for coming on. We always love it when you come to visit us and um I love your energy and your spirit and and I love all whenever you you give us a report it's amazing. <laughs> so thank you so much. Well, it was it was
4: fun going knowing that we were going to talk cuz it did. It also made me pay special attention to the masterclass <laughs> and to kind of what she was saying. So it made it more educational for me so it was great.
2: Well, um we're going to book you for any other masterclass that ever comes around. <laughs> <laughs>
4: We'll see. Okay. Uh, If if it it includes air tickets to see one, that would be great too. But I suspect your budget isn't good for that either.
2: We have to talk to Glenn about that. We have to to
1: figure out how to pay for that ourselves.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll talk to Glenn.
4: Okay. Thank you so much. Very good. Bye, everyone. PlaidCast is North America's
2: most listened to horse show inspired podcast with over 200 episodes hosted by me, Piper Clem, publisher of the Plaid Horse magazine. Listen in to hear guests, which include Olympic equestrians, top hunter jumper and equitation riders, trainers, vets, farriers, horse show managers, and industry insiders discussing topics that matter. Horsemanship, collegiate riding, the state of our sport, and horse show how tos for riders at every level. One episode each month is devoted to the mental side of your ride with nationally recognized mental skills coach and author Tanya Johnson. You will also hear insider stories about how the Plaid Horse magazine comes together every month. Well tonight we have our favorite monthly guest Wendy Murdoch on the show Wendy how are you Oh I'm great thanks I just got
5: back from a um like a almost 3 week almost 3 week vacation oh. it was amazing <laughs>
2: I can't even, I, I'm i so, actually, I, I I. saw you on Facebook. I actually said that before we got on the air. I was like, "Wendy, <laughs> if there's anybody that needs a vacation, it's you. You work so hard. And, I was, I was and like, I'm how just, does that sound? <laughs> I know. I was like, I, I could use a three-week vacation. But I was so oh. happy. I mean, truly, you do so much. I was so happy. You look so happy on vacation. It looks oh, great. Thanks. Where'd, but, you, you, where'd know, you go? You I went to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, and um, I
5: um, Misty Meadows Equine Learning Center is a place out there. What I've taught, and they uh, have a house rental that we rented. And so I have to admit, it was a busman's holiday. Okay, what did I do? I rode what a horse. Uh,
1: <laughs> working a working vacation. Yeah,
5: <laughs> a working vacation. Okay, I was nice. like, what does that mean? That I means I that can't meant, get away. That's you know, I did surefoot with this Fair. little horse that had, was a little worried about the pads. And so I spent like several days, I spent like probably the two weeks going and seeing him every couple of days and getting him over the anxiety. You know, he's a little Arab and he's super cute and he's a super trier and he's a super hard worker, but he he would get that little kind of stuck in the in the throat latch thing and then not mm-hmm. be able to see the pads. And so he was kind of Aww. worried about it. So I just took a lot of time really helping him um, kind of, I, I can do Feldenkrais on horses. I don't know if I've ever told you that. So I can use my hands yeah. and feel what's going on in a horse. So what is Feldenkrais okay. on horses? Well, Feldenkrais. Yeah, I was gonna people, say, what does that mean?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean, Wendy?
5: <laughs> so, so Dr. Feldenkrais recognized that we all have a nervous system and that we can communicate nervous system to nervous system. Okay. And essentially that's what we do when we ride. We're communicating nervous system to nervous system. In other words, our sensors are in our hands and our body, our proprioceptors, the things that tell us where we are in space. And we have receptors that tell us heat and pressure and temperature and that sort of thing. And so as a Feldenkrais practitioner, um, I trained for over 16 years. I did the U.S. training, and then I trained with Mia Siegel, who is Feldenkrais's first assistant. She trained with him for 15 years before he started teaching other people. And she's like, She's in her 80s, and she's such an amazing woman. She's a black belt judo master, and so um, I trained with her extensively. And so basically, as a Feldenkrais practitioner, what you're working on, you're working on yourself to become more um, aware and more sensitive, to increase your sensitivity, and to feel subtle nuances. And as a good Feldenkrais practitioner, in my opinion, when I put my hands on someone, I'm feeling for what they do. As opposed to what I think they should do. In other words, I'm trying to figure out what is the pattern. Like if I put my hand on your, say, on your shoulder or took your forearm, I would be trying to feel, well, what is your idea and how do you move your body and where do you go? What possibilities of movement do you have? And then I would match those possibilities. In other words, I'd match what you're doing. I'd get in sync with you. And when I get in sync with you, then there's this support. And with the support, your nervous system can go, oh, great. Somebody else is doing the work for a while. I can let go. And so that's where the change happens. It's because when your nervous system feels supported, it will allow itself to to stop working so that it can let go. And then you can start to discover other possibilities, other ways to move, ways that you might not have had access to because the habit pattern was so strong and driving everything that that was taking over and you didn't get this chance to get to somewhere else. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, and and you can, you know, uh, drive a direct link to your ideas about the, the surefoot pads and how they would be sometimes at first supportive and then. Kind of uh, allow horses to change their movement patterns.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And support That's, systems. Yeah. Yep. Surefoot came right out of Feldenkrais. So when I when I give a horse a Feldenkrais lesson, I've, I'll put my hands on them typically somewhere on their head where they're accepting it, right? And I just. Feel what is happening through this system. How far back in the system can I feel? Can I feel a connection through the, the neck? Can I feel a connection to the spine? Can I feel a connection all the way through the tail? And in many horses, when I first start, I, you know, it feels like there's a limit and this little horse, you could feel he was like kind of somewhere just behind his head. There was not a lot of movement. And so I just, I literally wait there. And I think, you know, as horse people, we tend to get a little bit impatient sometimes. Um, and I, <laughs> yes, Yeah. And what I love about when I get into Feldy mode is I can be the most patient person in the world, even though I'm, you know me, I'm not a patient person. Okay. It, like if anybody knows me, in in my life at home and stuff, they might know me as teach as a teacher, and I'm very patient. But in the rest of my yeah, life, yeah, I was going to say patient.
2: you're very <laughs> you're very patient as a as a teacher. Yeah, I was going to say because I, I, maybe I, I only know you teacher, yeah. but you're very patient.
5: Yeah. When I'm, when I'm at, ask, ask Brad, he'll tell you, I'm not patient. Okay? <laughs> soul. I jump into his sentences all the time. He's like, can I please say something? And it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, so you're, you, it's like listening and you, know, when some people see me working on horses, they go, Oh, you're a horse whisperer. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a horse listener. And I, I listen with my hands, and I think that as riders, that's the thing. If we can get to where our body can listen to our horses so that we are listening to what's going on, so that we can respond to that, as opposed to, you know, in teaching riding, so many of my students have been told what to do, but they never felt it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're trying to do this thing that the instructors told them to do that they're trying to analyze and figure out, well, how do I make my body do whatever it is I'm supposed to do? But they're they're not able to listen to their own body and go, wow, oh, that hurts. Well, maybe if I do it this way, it'd be more comfortable or oh wow, my horse does that when I do this. And maybe that's the response I want, or maybe it's the response I don't want. And so I think that listening is so critical. To what I do when I give a horse a Feldenkrais lesson, and as so I'm listening to it, the wrist, and it's kind of like sonar. I kind of ping, I send a little message, and how far did that go? Oh, it didn't go very far. Oh, that went over there, right? And then I let it come yeah. back. And so I just, it was so much fun on vacation. I know that that's where we started because on vacation, <laughs> it was like, I just wanted to play with this horse. I wasn't, you know, didn't have an agenda, didn't have a time frame, didn't have a student that needed to get on, and didn't, you know, it was just like, let's just play. And it was really fun.
2: I love it. I, I have to ask, Phil, do you ride horses on vacation?
1: Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, like you know, you know, so, sometimes uh I come down to Florida.
2: Yeah, uh, to okay. See you and so Yeah. Well, that's you know, kind of we do work, a little though. bit of work.
1: You know, we do a yeah. little bit of work like we'll, we'll yeah. look at uh you know, one of your horses uh, yeah. on one of the days, you know. So it's like 90% vacation, 10% work.
2: Yeah. Or you're coming for a conference too, though. Like, yeah, do we I mean, honestly like, know, when, we know what vacation is? Yeah. I was going to say, Phil, this is where, I mean, <laughs> not that I don't love when you come to visit me in Florida, we have a really good time, but like, we're, we're doing hor- like that. I don't know. I mean, when I'm on vacation, the last thing I want to do is see a horse. I will huh. like, somebody's like, do you want to ride in the beach? Nope. No, I do not. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> no, you want for a walk down the Canyon and the, nope, nope. I do not. Like, I won't.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that, but it's always nice to, um, explore horses in, in different countries, you know? So.
2: Nope. Nope.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, like I can't stay away. <laughs> like, if you're a horse person, you can't stay away from it. You know,
2: it's
5: hard. Know. It's hard. You draw down the road, you go, there's a horse. It's like, Oh my God, I'm still <laughs> yeah. doing this. I'm
2: like, how <laughs> Yeah.
1: But, yeah well, that I'll do. i like, Wendy, you that know, I, like, I do yeah. horses for fun. Um, and also for work. So, you know, when you're, when you're given an infinite amount of time and, and no real kind of goal, you, you can, uh, you know, you, you can figure horses into a vacation and it doesn't feel like work.
5: Okay. Yeah, okay. it was fun. And then I, I did ride my bicycle every day because oh, you can fun. just go right out and there's a state forest that has a bike trail. And I did 10 to 13 miles a day every day. I went out and rode Whoa. except for one see, day. Wendy, on
3: you, that my a e- vacation. Yeah. Is that like a motorized
5: bike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, it's my, it's my, it's my off-road bike. I have, you know, wide <laughs> tires with nubs. Yeah. But I go on the, I go on the asphalt. And I,
2: you're you know. just so cute. Wendy, I'm, I'm not going to lie <laughs> again on my vacation. You're going to see my tushy and, and, a, uh, on, on the beach or maybe at the pool. With and a margarita in your hand. We did have Phil <laughs> I I'm not. No, I yeah. mean, you're like, I'm biking 85 miles. I'm like, what <laughs> No, <laughs> No, Wendy. <Yeah>. We have <laughs> lobster. I love you. Oh my
5: God. I asked, I a friend of mine, her husband's a lobsterman, and I said, you know, can you bring us some lobsters for my birthday? And she brought us. Just the most amazing lobsters. Oh, yes. that sounds awesome. So,
3: okay, that yeah. sounds
5: awesome. That was it's awesome. good to have that's,
1: friends, right, Wendy?
5: It is good yeah. to have friends. They <laughs> brought me tuna and swordfish, and we made um, cerveche and oh, oh yeah, lovely. and ate and oh, now
2: pie and yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're now we're talking. I'm just saying. I mean, now we're now we're talking about food. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, this is the dress our shower. I don't know what. <laughs> that's yeah, what yeah, I'm like, God, this is that's, amazing. That's,
5: It's our hanging uh, out with Wendy.
2: We'd love it. So Wendy, what's on the calendar? What are you up to in the next little bit?
5: So right now I'm out in Colorado. I'm in Denver uh, at the Crown Plaza because it's the Progressive Hoof Care Conference. And um, they have great speakers like Carol Layton's going to speak on nutrition and Monique Craig is here. She was one of my webinar guests. And so I'm going to try and kind of try and nail some people down for being, being seminar guests. Um, and then what am I doing after that? I am teaching up in New Hampshire in October. And then there's um, the Tea touch celebration, which is online this year. I'm doing something with them. That's next weekend. And of course, you know, Um, starting to get ready for Surefoot coming up at AAP. That's my big focus is it's in November this year. It's before Thanksgiving. So now that's
2: new, isn't it?
5: Um, When they go to San Antonio, which is where it's going to be this year, it's always before Thanksgiving because normally it's the first weekend in December. So it's like, oh my goodness, I really got to get planning because that makes it like three weeks sooner than you think. And you're like, I was
2: on vacation.
5: What did I do anything? Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's usually the same week as can USDF convention. That's how I always know it. Right. USDF exactly. Is always that
5: first week. So
2: yep. yeah. No, nope, not so. this year.
5: It's um, when they go to San Antonio, I don't know how often they go to San Antonio, but apparently it's going to be great. Everybody's looking forward to it. We're going to have oh, Hay and Surefoot and our awesome. photograph box and everything. We'll be really, really ready for that. Oh, and we're um we're probably gonna bring you a soaker to, that you could remember. We talked to you yes. about uh, a soaker. Well, since we're driving,
3: I
2: can we might drive soaker. through Kentucky and
3: bring
2: <gasps> a Oh my gosh, Wendy's gonna come visit me again. I really love it when Wendy yeah. comes to visit me. <laughs> oh, oh my toys gosh. come on, I I'm so excited. Bring she brings toys, she brings lookup glasses, <laughs> we play with horses. What? Wendy, we, everybody. This is news to me, and I'm so excited. I just my ears oh, popped up. I was like, Wendy's okay. coming to visit me.
5: All right. All right. Well, I will have to figure it out. I got to figure the schedule, Brad, the driver. So <laughs> I love the it. But you
2: know, I always love it when you come to visit me. And and if people want to find your schedule and, and see you in person, Wendy, how can we find you?
5: So you, the Murdoch Method website does have a clinic schedule. And I have to admit, I have been really bad about posting on it and keeping it up to date. So you're probably much better off to go to Facebook and go to Murdoch Method on Facebook because my social media person Alex, who's so great, she she keeps things much more up to date on Facebook than <laughs> I do. We all need a web, social
1: so. media person. I need mean, you know? I mean yes. Alex.
5: Somebody
1: dedicated yes. to that. Yeah.
5: Alex is amazing. awesome. You know, she if I don't know, I don't know what I no. I don't know what yeah. I do. And I found her
2: through you guys. She's one of the um great. Yeah, she's one of, in your, she in your fans you. pretty, of Yeah, yeah, yeah we love awesome. it. We love our listeners too. Yeah. Fantastic, Wendy. Well, thank you so much as always. And we love when you come on, we always look forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait if you come to visit me, that would be amazing. So, okay. All
5: right. I will, I will (laughs) put it on the travel schedule and we'll figure that out. We'll get it done.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks, Wendy. Have a great month. So, Phil, you have an awesome trainer tip for us. What you got? I don't even know what it is yet.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I was just, uh, I'm, I'm coaching, you know, preparing some riders for starting a show tomorrow. And I was just thinking about like, you know, what are some tips uh, in general for, for the, my specific riders? And just, you know, as I'm looking around, I'm always thinking of ideas. And I thought like a good one for people who are competing is to start to practice some, Tempo control. So we we all it. know the the walk has a four beat rhythm, the trot is two beat rhythm, and like r- rhythm is different than tempo.
2: Correct. And
1: yep. you know, um, imagining myself sitting in in the booth and watching my riders ride, you know, are they matching a, a an energetic tempo? And that sort of is a bit of a, a finishing piece, or you know, maybe a starting piece, but a piece that needs to be included uh, in your test. So a lot of people just go around and, and you know, perform the actions of whatever test that you're riding, whatever level you're riding, but it's all a little bit, it, you know, it can be over practiced, and the horse can kind of just lose that freshness that needs to be included within the performance of uh, a dressage test. So it's not just a monotonous practicing going from movement to movement to movement, but actually looking lively and energetic. I mean, right now we're, uh, you know, kind of coming into the fall. And so today we had a high of 20 20 degrees Celsius or a little above that, but tomorrow it's going to be um, eight.
2: Oh, sweet. Lowered. (laughs) I'd be, I'd
1: be <laughs> but but in a own lot own. of ways, I think that can be great because mm-hmm. you, the horses will be a little bit energetic and uh, the wind's going to be up. And I, and that's what I said to my riders today is like, you know, if, if the horses come out a little bit extra fresh, that's not a bad thing. You just have to learn to use that uh, extra energy and that extra, you know, you, people describe the horses as being a bit up. But I said, that's fine. But uh you know, you just have to kind of manage that, and and in a different way. Like back to my original point of, the horses will be tomorrow, a little yes. bit more up tempo, and yeah, that can really 100%. that can really help the the riders. Yeah, uh, you know, especially in, in in you know training level, first level, second level. Like, I I tend to see people riding around, uh, you know, through these tests, but just sort of slowing the tempo and making it easier for the rider, but not making big marks for the, for the overall test for, for how you're presenting your horse. And so, you know, for sure you want to kind of nail your, nail your movements and nail your geometry, but it, it doesn't look great if the horses are are kind of sluggish and down tempo and, and, yeah. and, uh, not showing themselves off. Does that, does that all make sense to you?
2: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. So, um, just to, I did a quick Google search. Uh, well, I, I, of USDF and tempo is the rate of repetition at which the rhythm of the gate is carried out. If an appropriate tempo is not maintained, then the rhythm and the purity of the gates are jeopardized. For example, the walk, a four beat gate. If it becomes too fast, it becomes a lateral gate. So, I just thought a definition there is great because literally the base of the scale of training is rhythm with energy and tempo so it's a huge part of of what we do so i think that's really important to think about as as you're as you're riding and training is the tempo is a huge part of of what's going on so the other thing is i you know i totally agree with you phil like right now the temperature uh it's, it's really difficult for us because right now it's it's probably so we're going to Fahrenheit, but it's probably eighty degrees Fahrenheit right now, and it in the morning it's thirty, <laughs> so we're having huge swings up and down of of um of temperatures at the moment in Kentucky. Now when finals come, uh, it will be very cold. But um, don't be afraid of a lunge line. That's Reese's tip. <laughs> we're a little bit up. feels Phil, feels much more brave than Reese Reese's offer a lunge line. I'm just saying, but with that in mind, truly, I mean, not, not joking. I totally agree. I mean, what I hate is to see riders literally riding around at the same tempo and I'm like, come on, change it up. And, and I think that's in general, even with youngsters, like ask them a question, especially if you have that sort of up feeling at a competition, you may have that in a competition in general. Um, so kind of working with that and, and, and doing, what you're doing is, is really important. So, um, I, I totally agree with Phil. I think it's a great tip and I think you need to constantly be changing it and not trying to be a monotone rhythm and a monotone and then your tempo just being the same. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, part of it is that, you know, at home, if you, if you can speed it up and slow it down, um, you're already ahead of the game when you get to a show and, and it, it is sped up just for, from the energy of the the competition and and then you're like okay i know how to ride this or whatever you know when the yeah. when the tempo when the tempo gets increased a little bit everything comes a lot faster you know it, you know the yeah. the the speed of the test feels like it's faster faster and then then the riders are trying to slow it down so that they can get comfortable with you know kind of riding each movement but if the mm-hmm. horse nat, you know naturally gets a little bit more energetic in in the show, I say just go with it. Yeah, love it. Right? Just go awesome. with it. I, you know, like mm-hmm. um, because uh, when the the tempo speeds up a little bit, that just adds to the activity and the picture of the test. I know that uh, a lot of people are you know have that picture of a Grand Prix horse in their mind, and that's fine. But in the Grand Prix test, there is very little actual collected trot. So it's yes. all in in that passage or a passage rhythm tempo and people try to emulate that, but that's way too slow for your first or second level horse. And, and so at home practice, a you know, a, a lot of stuff kind of up tempo and then you can down tempo and, you know, like it, it, you, you have to be able to be in control of all the speeds of things, you know, depending, yes. depending on yes. what, what happens at the show or how the horse feels on the day um, you've got to be okay with just going with a little up tempo and 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 feeling like the test is coming at you quickly, and and that's and all of that is okay. You know, as long as you're accurate about doing the shoulder in from letter to letter, you know, and and all that, and like know your test, but you don't have to mm-hmm. practice it until the horse is so bored with it when you get in the ring is like nothing's happening. You know, it doesn't yeah. look great. Like part of part of dressage is. You know, a test of obedience and supplements and, and all that stuff that we talk about. But the other part is putting on a performance for the judge. You know, Sh- show your horse off. Yes. Um. You know, as beautiful as your horse can be, and uh, and and that then the judges reward that with a good score. You know, like every everybody can kind of ride a down tr- tempo trot, down tempo canter, and um. You know, those aren't those, You know that you might get a five or a six, but. Everything that happens a little bit too slow is not the quality that that needs to happen for a seven or eight. And, you know, we we want to shoot for those sevens or eights and and just increasing the tempo a little bit. And and uh, the horse kind of trying to show himself off. I I think that's that's a you know, what's going to make your 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 tests, you know,
2: 100 percent. And like you said, it is a show that that's really important. You are at a show. You're there to show it off. And we always say, welcome to Hollywood, right, when someone goes down there, like, you know, your job is to smooth it out. is It's not to tell the judge every problem, right? That's filling my job is to help you with that. But at the end of the day, you are at a show. You want to be confident. You want to go in there and you want to own it. And that's part of sort of having the the, the tempo control and being in control of that is is super important. So um, I think it's an awesome tip. And and I think it's just something, I mean, we're uh you're still showing, we're coming into regionals and finals time, but it's just a good reminder of of you're at a show. Right. And show your horse off at that point. You paid a lot of money to be in there for that seven minutes or whatever you are. So show it off. Um, so I love it, Phil. Great tip. Well, as always, we love your email and Facebook shout-outs. Keep them coming. And you can find our show notes and links to today's guests at our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: I think the best way to find me is through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, and Surefoot Equine Stability Program. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at Network.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week.